0: Jacob, which kind of sounds jacked up, like you got a, you know, you got a favorite child, but kind of a dysfunctional home. He was the youngest of a of ten brothers, and him being the favorite, he he was kind of despised by the other brothers. They were a little bit jealous of him, and he had these dreams to top it off. A couple of them basically, which translated as he was going to go ahead and rule over his other brothers, and even his parents, they'd bow, they'd all bow down to him. So, you know, needless to say, that didn't really make everybody like him more. Uh, they liked him a whole lot less. And there was a, uh, there were shepherds, and there was a time whenever his brothers were out taking care of the sheep, and his dad had said, hey, I want you to go hunt down your brothers. And so whenever his brothers saw him coming up, they devised a plan that they were going to kill him. So that wasn't very nice, you know, but they decided that, that they weren't going to kill him. They were just going to sell him into slavery instead, you know, because they wanted to be good brothers. Um, So that's kind of like a rough way to start off everything, huh? Well, he ended up going to Egypt. And whenever he went to Egypt, he was a slave in this guy named Potiphar's house. He would be kind of like the equivalent of like the head of the Secret Service today. He was a very high-ranking guy. And he found favor over there in that home and Potiphar put him in charge of everything you take care of my day to day you take care of everything but the only problem is is Potiphar's wife liked him a lot too and uh you know he would turn down her advances because he was a good man a man of God until one day she was trying to force herself upon him and he booked it I mean and this is a lesson for everybody too sometimes whenever we're around things we shouldn't be we, we find that temptation it's not just good enough to just hang around and linger around Or slowly retreat. Now turn around and run. And that's what he did. He turned around and he ran. But that kind of rubbed her the wrong way. And she accused him of trying to make sport of her. And so he ended up getting thrown into prison. But him being the man that he was, he worked hard. And he was entrusted with a lot of responsibility in the prison. Uh, He ended up running into and talking to a couple of people that worked for Pharaoh. That Pharaoh had thrown into prison. A cupbearer and a baker. They had some dreams. He went and he talked to them. He interpreted the dreams and they happened exactly as he said that they would happen. And I'm leaving out a whole bunch of detail because I'm trying to fast forward. And so he told one of the guys, he told a cupbearer, they ended up getting out of prison. Hey, remember me. Go tell Pharaoh about me. But the guy didn't remember him. He forgot about him. And a couple years later, Pharaoh, he was having a couple of dreams that he couldn't shake. And nobody could interpret the dreams for him. And so the cupbearer was like, I remember this guy. And so he went and he sends for for Joseph and Joseph comes and he listens to the dreams of Pharaoh and he tells them what they mean. And basically what they translate is, hey, there's going to be seven years of plenty in the land of Egypt. We're going to have an abundance, more than what we need. And it's going to be immediately followed by seven years of famine that will destroy everything, will destroy the whole country. And so they come up with a plan and Joseph gets put in charge of that plan to store up Everything that they're going to go ahead and need in those seven years of plenty, so whenever the seven years of famine hit, they'll be prepared. And so they set up uh, all kinds of places where they would put all of the food in, so whenever the seven years of famine would come, they would be ready to go ahead and distribute it to the people of Egypt. And everything happened. Just like Joseph said it was going to happen, it happened. And so Jacob, who was convinced, because you know, I forgot to mention that, Jacob's, Jacob's brothers convinced their dad that, that he was eaten by a wild animal so they had gone by through all of these years thinking that he was dead Well, Israel had said hey I want you guys to go back over to Egypt where they got some food so we don't starve and as they were on their way over there uh, obviously they ran into Jacob because he was in charge of everything or Joseph I'm sorry because Joseph was in charge of everything he recognized them but they didn't recognize him probably because you know the Egyptians dressed kind of funny probably had him some makeup or something and he got older And so uh, as he seen him coming, he devised a plan. Uh, He had a little brother that he had never met yet, and his dad wasn't there, so he came up with the plan. Okay, I'm going to make sure that I get them all to come over here. So it worked. And after they left, they came back with the whole family. And whenever they came back with the whole family, then he revealed himself to the whole family. It's me. And so there was a little bit of a reconciliation. The whole family moved over to Egypt and dad was getting old dad was getting old and after he was reconciled he ended up dying and so pharaoh gave joseph the green light to go ahead and and carry uh his dad's body and bury him with the ancestors and there was a big old celebration or a mourning, i should say and then they ended up coming back and this is where we're going to pick the story up right here it's going to be in genesis chapter 50 before we read any scriptures though i want to go ahead and pray Heavenly Father, we pray that you would give us ears to hear from you and hearts to receive from you. God, we thank you, Lord, that we're here today. We could be anywhere in the world, but we're here today. We thank you, Lord. We pray that you would do in us whatever it is that you would want. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So in Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 17, we're going to read and we're going to talk about this for a minute. So with everything that I just talked about in context, right, it says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong which we did to him? So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father charged before he died saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, please forgive, I beg you the transgression of your brothers and their sins, for they did wrong. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. So we're going to pause right there and we're going to digest that for a minute because it appears throughout this time a lot has changed. They've changed. See, now they are willing to go ahead and admit that they were wrong. They did a bad thing. They did a wrong thing. They did an evil thing. I mean, and he was literally in the position. He was the second most powerful person in the world. I mean, if you snapped his fingers, they're done for. And they recognized that he probably wouldn't have been in a, a wrong for doing something like that. It would have been kind of like what they had coming. And he was being nice to him, and they didn't understand. They didn't know, like, is he being nice to us because, you know, dad and him got a good thing going on, and he doesn't want to hurt dad? And whenever dad dies, we're going to soon follow. They didn't know. So they were freaking out. They were scared. And they made up a lie. Because dad didn't say that. Hey, don't hurt your brothers. Forgive. He didn't say that. They came up with that plan. Hey, this is what we can do. And they were so scared that they didn't even deliver the message themselves. They were hiding behind the wall while they sent somebody in. Hey, go tell him. And they are just kind of watching and hoping that that he goes for it. So... I want you to to listen to this. It says, And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. It says that he heard what they had to say, what that messenger had to say, and it says that he started bawling. He started crying like a little baby. Why? There's probably a few things, a few reasons why, but I, I believe the main reason was because him hearing those words, that what they had done was wrong, was healing to him. I think maybe by them going ahead and taking accountability for the things that they did, it meant something to him. He'd probably wish that he could have heard those words for a long period of time, right? And so, like, we can't underestimate the power of sorry, right? Like, whenever we have done something wrong, to say, "Hey, you know, uh, I was wrong. I I blew that," and sometimes we think, like, "Oh, that's it doesn't matter. It meant something." it meant something to joseph now by them just acknowledging their wrongs could they have changed what happened of course not you know some people might might have that mindset well yeah you know it's, a, it's too little too late but i want us to pay attention to joseph and his response because i doubt many of us have been in shoes like him it says his brothers also came and they fell down before him and they said behold we are your servants but Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I'm, am I in God's place? Wow. See, his his brothers heard him bawling, and they misinterpreted it. They probably were hiding around the corner. They heard him bawling. They were like, Oh, man, we're done. Oh, <laughs> It's over, man. Last thing that we can do. The only thing that we can do is just fall down on our face, But like, hey, we're your slaves now. We're your servants now. That, that's their last-ditch effort. And what does he say? He says, man... Am I God? God's in charge. I'm not in charge. See, like whenever we start harboring thoughts and I'm going I'm to get revenge for what's happened to me. I'm going to retaliate for the things that have been done to me. I'm, what are we doing? It, initially, uh, essentially what we're doing is we're putting ourselves in the place of God. And that's what he says. Whether we know it or we understand it or not, that's what it says to us. Doesn't the Lord tell us that vengeance is his? Thus says the Lord, Right? Doesn't James 1.20 tell us that the, the wrath or the anger of man cannot accomplish the righteousness of God? So whenever we do that, whenever we start getting bitter, we are harbor this vengeance. What is it that we're doing, man? We're saying, hey, God, I got it from here. And we disinvite God from our problems. We say, God, we don't want you to intervene. We're going to go ahead and handle this ourselves. And so Joseph is saying, he's telling his brothers to fall down before him. He's like, what? Am I God? That's huge. And it says, "As for you, check this out, verse 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to, to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. So, well, you know, let's get it straight. He's not trying to sugarcoat anything and be like, oh, it's no big deal, right? Now he's like, what you did to me was evil. It was evil. So I'm not going to beat around the bush and make it seem like it was okay. He calls it for what it is. But God had given him perspective. He was able to go ahead and see. Like we look at things and we think dysfunctional family, bad. right? A loving father, good. Brothers want to kill you, bad. But they don't kill him, good. Gets sold into slavery, bad. But he gets an elevated position, good. He gets falsely accused of rape, bad. He gets thrown in a prison, bad. But he meets some powerful people, good. But they forget about him, bad. <laughs> but we think, we, we tally it up because the way that kind of like we think about stuff, like, like I'm a sports fan, right? Super Bowl's coming up next week. Don't ask me what my team is. The way that we're able to go ahead and gauge the success of our team is at the end of the year we, we, we tally up the wins and losses, we look at the winds column and the loss column, and that's that's able to go ahead and tell us did we have a good season or not. Was it good or was it bad? And what Joseph tells us right here, it don't work like that. He says, "Hey, no, no, God has a good plan for you." And so, so the wind column and the loss column don't matter because hey, God's going to work it out for your good. See, wow. 27 generations later, the Apostle Paul wrote in, uh, in Romans eight twenty-eight. You guys know that one? Yep. For all things happen. F- Go ahead. What were you going to say? Yes. Thank you, wife. <laughs> She's got to preach to me sometimes, right? See, that's what it is. Um, all things. Because all things happen for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I love God. And Because I love God, not as I would imagine Him to be, but as He is, I love God. Then I'm called according to His purpose. And if I'm called according to His purpose, and that means everything that happens, everything that is allowed in my life—not ninety percent, one hundred percent of the things that happen to me or in my life—is for His glory and my good. But His glory first, right? Don't don't get—it's not for my good and His glory. No, it's for His glory. And you're good. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So check this out. In verse 21. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. Now look at that, man. Who is Joseph? Is is he God? No, he's just a guy, right? He's just some guy. Just a guy. And so he says, hey, not only am I going to go ahead and leave the past in the past, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to provide for you and I'm going to provide for your families. I'm going to protect you. You're going to be secure. You're safe around me. I'm not going to harbor any ill will toward you, not even a little bit. I'm, it's, it's gone. And not only that, he consoles them. He consoles the people that sold him into slavery. They're sad because of the wrong that they caused him, and he's consoling them. That's wild, isn't it? These people sold me into slavery, and I'm comforting them because they sold me into slavery. That's wild, man. Who does he remind you of? Jesus. Jesus. Now, he's definitely not God in the flesh, right? He's already said, I'm not God. But he certainly is a, a foreshadow of Jesus, right? He was a, he was a leader. He was a, he was a king. He was he rejected by his own people. He was thrown in the pit and he was pulled out of the pit, right? He suffered for things that he had nothing to do with. He was persecuted. He forgave his enemies and he called his enemies his friends. Now, he's just a regular guy. He's just like any of us. Just a, just a person. And if... I've never been sold into slavery, man. And there might be some people that have. Even in here. There might be some people that have. But I, I've never gone through what he's gone through. But yet, he's able to go ahead and be that way. Why can't I? Why, why do I have to be upset about things that are out of my control. Why am I going to go ahead and harbor hard feelings about something that God had a plan for in the first place? Because whenever I can't let go of certain things, whenever I'm upset about certain things, who does it really stop with, man? It's Am I, am I saying, God, I'm not okay with your plan? Because that's really what it is, isn't it? I don't, I don't like your plan, God. Well... I don't want to be that way. I want to be like Joseph. The good that God has for me, I have to be able to go ahead and receive that good. If I let him, he will will use it for good. If I let him. Because why? Forgiveness is a choice. Being obedient to the will of God in my life is a choice. Being submissive to the will of God and his authority in my life is a choice. And I can allow God to use it for my good or I can cause it to be harmful to me. Just think of Jonah. Jonah had a message of repentance to deliver to a certain group of people. He didn't want to. He did it anyways and he was miserable about it because it worked. Right? And and little did he know 70 years later that that message that he delivered spared his people. He didn't see that, he didn't have perspective, he was miserable, but God had his way anyway. And it was for his good, right? So my message for us today is this, right? Are we missing peace today? Is there anybody that is, that's missing peace in their life? And are you the type of person that has, a, has trouble letting go of things? Are you easily wounded, easily offended? Do you hold on to, to bitterness? Because all you got to do here today is, uh, is surrender to Him. That's all you got to do. So if that's you, if you're the type of person that can't let go of things, then I have a message for you today. Just tell Him, hey, I'm okay with whatever you have for me in my life. Whatever it might be. If I can't understand it, if I understand it, cool. If I don't, it's okay. I'm okay with whatever you have for me, whatever you want for me. However, my life can... Wait up. You don't have a life, by the way. If you're a child of God, that's not your life. It's his life that he gave to you, okay? So however my life that you gave to me that's really your life could, be, could benefit your kingdom, I'm okay with. If we do that today, I promise something. If you're the type of person that has bitterness and anger and animosity, just has a hard time letting go of things, I guarantee you something. If you do that, you'll leave here somebody brand new. You'll be a brand new person. You'll be unbothered by the way that other people behave. Even if it's against you, you could be unbothered by it. You could have peace. God has that for you. And he wants to use all the wrongs that have been done to you as a blessing. as a Glory to his kingdom. Glory to his kingdom first, but also good for you individually. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. Is there anybody in here today that would say, hey, I need some prayer? Because we're going to get into some communion afterwards. And I'm sorry we didn't announce it for the people on Facebook. But we are going to be getting the communion afterwards. So maybe at this time you can go ahead and grab your elements. But I want to pray for anybody in here today that would just say, hey, that's me. I want to ask God to go ahead and change my heart. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. see you guys back there too. Praise the Lord. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to close our eyes. We're going to bow our hearts. We're going to ask for God to do a, a new work in his life. We're going to give him our problems, and we're going to allow him to do whatever he wants to in us. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful, so grateful to be called a child of you. And even whenever I was an enemy of you, Lord, you died for me. You called me your friend when I was an enemy. God, I just, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that have risen their hand and said, hey, God, um, stuff that I'm dealing with that I have a problem with letting go that I just have issues with allowing you to have your way in my life Lord God I pray that you would bring peace to their hearts and minds as they give it to you and we would ask that you would reveal to us your, your plan God and right now we're just saying yes to whatever that plan might be God I pray that we could be used as is tools in the circles, the spheres of influence that you've given to us, that we would allow you, God, to, to get glory in our life, Lord. And please just cleanse us, purge and purify us, Lord. If there's been any unclean thing, Lord, that, that has attached itself to us, any oppressing spirit that whispers in our, these lies in our ears, Lord, whatever it might be, we stand against them in the name of Jesus, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus, over ourselves. Lord, we pray for your covering and your protection. God, I pray for uh, your will to be done in our lives, Lord. And whenever we leave here today, God, I pray that you would direct our path, that we would say yes to whatever it is that you're asking us to do. In Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So we're going to be taking communion together. So with the people that are going to be distributing communion, come on up to the front. As the elements are getting passed out to everybody just take them and hold on to them um, if there's anything that that uh you want to just say to god while ever you're waiting just go ahead and just tell them in a prayer right now if there's somebody next to you go ahead and just pray together and if there's anything that you need to give to him do it now but after all the elements have been passed out and, and i get mine and, and they give theirs then we'll uh we'll take it together So we're here with the elements, being obedient to the call of Jesus whenever he sat down with his disciples and he broke the bread right before he was wrongly convicted of a crime that he was innocent of. He broke the bread and he handed it out to his friends, all coming from the same loaf because we're all one in Christ. And he hands it to them, this piece of bread that was made without yeast was a symbol of his body it was without sin and he says i want you guys to remember me so we're taking this bread in remembrance of what jesus did for us he bore our sins on the cross we're completely absolved from any wrong that we've ever done whenever we put our faith and we put our trust in him so today let's take this bread as a remembrance of what he's done for us Next, what he did is he poured out wine, and he shared it with his friends, all from a single cup that they all sipped from, must be in one in Christ. And he tells them that "This is my blood which is poured out for you, and what is a picture of it is his sacrifice making us clean. The bread is a, a symbol of us coming to a family of Christ. The blood is a symbol of us being washed clean from all the things that's happened in our past by sanctifying him, by sanctifying us in him, by us being used for an exclusive purpose to bring glory to his name. And so as we take this, we take this in remembrance of him. Let's do it together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for the privilege that we have to call you our friend, that we get to call you not only God, but we get to call you Father. You look, as, you look at us as your own children. We have such a privileged position that we sit in, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that as we leave here today, Lord, we go out with a mindset knowing that you are with us, you are in front of us, you are behind us, you are all around us, Lord. There is nowhere that we can go that you are not present. There is nothing that we experience, Lord, that, that you that you mean for our harm. And so we thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's... Pass these down to the corner, and we'll have somebody pick them up, your cups. Pastor Mickey, you are going to say something? Yeah, just a quick
1: announcement. Guys, if you have a child in the kids' ministry, rather than let them go, the, we're asking the parent, the grandparent, whoever's with them, to go in and uh, retrieve the child. We just need to make sure. We need to implement some procedures. We've got 14 kids back there. Oh, what a wonderful time I was able to spend with them this morning. It was great. But... We've got kids that we we need to be very careful in today's world to protect our kids. So you might think, ah, this is kind of a headache. Hey, it's a headache worth having for the protection of our kids. So go pick up your kid, grandkid, whoever it is. And um, tonight, don't forget, we're going to gather together for prayer at our building that's in renovation.
0: Mm -hmm. All right? Yeah, we also have coffee and donuts in the back room as well. Thank you, guys. God and bless seniors,
1: you, you whether if you've forgotten, there is a sign up for a senior fellowship, Snowbird Fellowship, next Sunday night. There's a sign up right out the door on the little podium. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day.